Good afternoon, everyone. We're here for episode two of Digital Defenders. Woohoo! Woohoo! A techie geek podcast. Um, I remembered the name today. That's very impressive. We need our applause. Where's our applause? <laughs> We're going to run today without the soundboard since I decided to bring our producer, Christina Frischer, into the spotlight this week, and she will be my guest. Nice to be here, finally. I've been behind watching, watching the setup, watching you get all this equipment, and now I'm finally in my own episodes. And now you're finally in your own episode, so here you are. Yes. But now we have no one working the board, so it's it's fine. We have no, I'll have to. We gotta get Dave here. <laughs> yeah, can we hire the Dave from M Squared right, podcast right. to work our board? A little crossover action. But I will say, so, you know, let's jump into that, working the board. Last week when we recorded the first episode, that was the first time you worked the board. We have the Rodecaster, yeah. Um, Pro, uh, yeah, the Rodecaster Pro 2, and we have the Blackmagic Mini ISO. Mm -hmm. How easy is it to work? Pretty easy, especially for my first time, and I didn't really have much context. I kept saying, oh, I should look up some videos, I should look up some videos, and I only wound, blah, I only wound up looking up the Rode Wireless 2s that we got those that we have not used yet, but I looked up some videos on watching myself, you know, learn how to do those. So just messing with the couple buttons that I did on the other things, the uh, Roadcaster and the Black Magic, right? Yes. So, yeah, it was pretty easy. It was fun, too. So once you get the hang of it, like, once I learn where the sounds are actually located and, you know, which video goes to what, and I get good at it, I think it'll be really fun to do. Yeah, it's like it, a little game, almost. It, like. it is like a game, and you're like, it allows you to switch videos live, for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. And then also, like, we have our sound pack, so we could do sound effects. So if you're watching the Audranger and Finn show, you get to watch, like, them talk like robots for 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, sound effects... Um, it allows us to throw like sound clips on there. So, we, like, we have the raps ramp for the empty square. For ours, we have the like, da -da -da -da, like the superhero jingle that we play. Um, but it's super easy to use. And it allows you to, so basically, we could go live. And if you have this, we could go live and stream directly to Facebook, YouTube live, Instagram live, I yeah. think, LinkedIn, and actually broadcast a multi cam shot, like broadcast on the fly. The other thing it allows us to do is it does an ISO record, so it records all the video channels. So for today's uh, podcast, the way it's recording is it's going to record camera one, which is uh, the overview, so wave to the overview. Camera two is the one looking at Christina, so point to your camera. And then camera three. <laughs> hey. So in the Blackmagic software, I'm able to then post go ahead and edit this. So I'll be able to splice this all together and make it use the multicam and quickly generate. And I'm actually going to show you how maybe yeah. we'll do that together today. It's cool. But if there was someone working the board, it actually records and creates a DaVinci timeline that we could quickly and easy just make some modifications. Mm -hmm. So if Christina um, made a mistake and, you know, waited too long before she cut the camera too, in DaVinci, you can literally click and drag, and we can make that modification. So it takes the post-processing of a multicam video and makes it rather than be an hour, two hours, to 10 minutes. Except, you know, typically you're going to watch the whole podcast anyway, pull out anything you need to pull out. But it, it really is, it is makes it... It just makes it easier for the overall, because when you're sitting here and you have someone producing and they're actually doing the hard work of clip to clip to clip... In the post-production phase, it's just a few to 10-minute thing, really. You just rewatch the video over, get out what you need to get out, move what you got to move, and it's done. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And you did a really good job. The only thing we had a little mishap on the last one yeah. is our one camera. So yeah. we used a Canon Lumix, which is our overview camera. She kept shutting off. No, I think it wasn't. Um, it was the Sony that kept shutting off. The, Something happened. The Canon was the one that uh, basically oh, started yeah, the showing. It rather yeah, that than too. It, it, it switched over from clean HDMI to non-clean HDMI and was showing the uh, focal point on my head. So basically, that was why it was I, like a Terminator <laughs> tracking the whole time. You yeah. should have left it. <laughs> I should, every time I would turn, you would just see a white box or not around Terminator, my face. Predator. Yeah, Predator. The predator. So that was the only thing. So that was the only reason I, rather than kind of cleaning up what you did, 
I just did it from the start because basically like halfway into the podcast, that camera became unusable because it had like the tracking and then it had like over here, like a yellow crosshair. Um, so rather than do it, I just did post and redid the whole multicam, but it allowed me to learn how to do that. Like I have no video experience. And that's the one thing it shows you is you really YouTube. And we, I talk about it's this all the time. YouTube <laughs> university, really like you can learn anything these days. It really is amazing. Like I literally went on YouTube put DaVinci and and the other thing with DaVinci is it's free. Like we have a subscription to Adobe Premiere. We have a subscription to Adobe After Effects, like the whole creative cloud suite. And it's a great suite, but DaVinci Resolve is completely free. And if you're doing like 4K, 1080p, and you're not like a movie studio, you don't even have to pay for it. It's like the free version does everything you need to do. And it's really easy to do. Like the multicam video was super easy. Like, you literally layer them into a, a timeline. You right-click the files. You tell it's part of a multicam. And then while you're watching it, you literally just click on, okay, I want this camera now. Watching, oh, pause, go back to, I want that camera now. It's like I think just, Black Magic needs to be giving you commissions at this point. Yeah, I don't think we have, I don't think we have enough <laughs> followers yet, but, but we're coming for you. This endorsement is like paid-worthy. <laughs> it, it really is. It, 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 it's, we're not sponsored, by the way, so if you, uh, yeah, well, not, that's how much we like the product. Not yet. We are not sponsored. I had to go out and buy the product myself. And that's the yeah, other thing. Yeah, this is not a paid endorsement. This is a real endorsement. And and that's the other thing with the, the Black Magic. It's the uh, the Mini ISO. It's $500 for what, you're, what it's capable of. It really is. It's a great product. Now, I will say, we uh, on one of the podcasts, uh, M-Squared, we just had Scott Sataro from Too Many Podcasts on with M-Squared. And the one thing he said is people starting a podcast, you don't need the best equipment. And he's, it's true, right? It's you got to just start. You just got to start. Everyone that knows me, we are in the technology. We are, you know, the yeah. IT superheroes. So for me, I can't just start. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to yeah. do a ton of research. And that's why we have... Uh, sound acoustic panels, multicam. It makes me laugh because like a month ago, I was like, hey, I think we should start a podcast for Techie Geek. And within like a weekend, it was like, so I bought all this stuff and we're going to really do it. Let's just do it if we're going to do it, right? And I'm like, yeah. Well, we've been talking about it for <laughs> yeah. over a year, probably. It like It's just taking the time to do it. And you've like kind of cut out the time in your schedule weekly to get this done, you know? Right. Well, now, so the whole thing is, and as a business owner... It's working on your business or in the business. Yeah. And I was working as a business owner too much in the business. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I've been able to step around. That's the whole point of having great staff. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not at the job sites with uh, Jimmy and Garrett and yeah. Rob. They're able to go out. I don't have to be downstairs holding their hands. It has definitely helped us moving upstairs by adding some separation with the techs. Because it became that I'm a crutch, right? Yeah. If I'm only a room over. If you're right there, they're just like, right. Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> right. So I'm a room over. It's yeah. very easy to just be like, Mike, how do I do this? Mike, now I'm a two flights of steps or a phone call away or a team's away. And they know I'm usually doing other stuff. It, it allows them. So I, it's actually by, by that separation, mm -hmm. it's helped to give me more time. And then allotting this time to where it needs to be. So, like, I know Thursdays, I now record M Squared. You know, we're going to come down to some structure to know that we have to record this. Then I have to find time to let Audrey and Finn record because that's the ones who are going to make they us rich. They to be Saturdays, right? <laughs> they're Saturdays. They're the ones we gotta that... we got to start doing the toy reviews and all that, right? Yeah, they're the ones that are going to make us rich. We are totally going to exploit the kids. Oh, my God. And uh, I can say that. No, but they're my kid. I'm allowed start to exploit... Start the trust fund now. I'm allowed to exploit them, but no. And they love it. Like, they love going on. And like I told you yesterday, the reason I like that show is because it allows me to practice. The practice, yeah. Right. That's my way to work behind the board, yeah. experiment, try different things on Egan. Um, You know, I, that's how I taught myself lower thirds on Da Vinci. And you could quietly move that over. Um, I'm trying to get it in the shot. Oh, in the shot. Yeah, we got, <laughs> hey, Techie Geek, look at this branded cup. Mm. But yeah, so we allow it's like my practice run. The M square is is a great way because like anything, the more you do this, the mm. more comfortable you become. Yeah. Anyone that knows me knows I like to talk. I like to hear myself talk. So clearly, with the uh, eighty twenty going on in this episode, right? <laughs> Hang on, being quiet. 
but, I'm just kidding. But, you know, anyone knows I like to talk. You're the host. But it's still, it's still something you have to get used to um, on a podcast. So, like, it, it almost, like, went back to the COVID, right? Facebook Lives we did, and we got better as we went. So the M Square yeah. has allowed me, we, we recorded, now I think we're up to 14 or 16 episodes recorded. Wow, really? Yeah, we record two a week on that one. I was going to say, that's like two a week now. Yeah, we, we're recording a bunch. Because we want to have them in the pipeline, and then we're now we're actually going to add some more structure to it, and but it allows me to kind of learn and get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Again, but I don't do on that one the Egan right. The Staten Live does, and the Advance handles all the Egan, and then the marketing side of that is really you know PR Sizzing Rapichula. Our podcast is all us, right? So this was a brainchild of you and I a year ago, and I kind of. About a few weeks ago, you mentioned it. I said, I'll get the equipment. You plan everything out. So how was it to pick a name? Arduous. <laughs> <laughs> Grueling. Um, we would think we had a good name. And then once you go to really search, if it's even available, it would be taken on one, you know, Spotify would have a name and then it would be available on Instagram or Instagram wouldn't have it. And, you know, it's back and forth. So we had to finally settle on a name. <laughs> In essence, I wouldn't say we settled. With no, the, we the, like it. It's just you know it, we had other ones that were higher on the list what, that wound up being just unavailable. What was the one we really liked that wasn't or available? Not smart. Well, we had the bits and bites. I think was one of them. But that was the one that was taken. But the guy hasn't done a podcast in two years. And that was I'll think a f- I think a few of them had something like that. Um, they were just inactive or not, not recently uploading. So it was kind of like, can we just do it anyway? But. I don't yeah. know. We probably could have. But I think uh, the one that we also liked, the problem was we didn't want to put like dots or hyphens in the names. Right. So we had tech-nickly, technically speaking, um, was one of them that we liked. But I don't think that just for like search results and for people finding it, it's the smartest thing to like have a hyphen in the name. Um, so that one went by the wayside. We had... I don't want to give out all the good names. But we had a few they were options. all taking, but not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. We, we might be doing a second <laughs> podcast at some point with one. But um, yeah, it, 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 even picking the name, I think uh, that. Oh. Hacker? I hardly know her. Oh, yeah, I did like that one. <laughs> that one was my favorite. But why did we not do that? Because it would have sounded better as an episode title right. as, a, as opposed to the actual name of the podcast. We have to get a hacker in here so we could do hacker? that. Hacker? I hardly know her. <laughs> silly. <laughs> but yeah, and and we utilized tools like current tools of the day of my, you know Mike's favorite ChatGPT to help yeah. with some name, and I think it helped to get our our creativeness improved. It got our juices flowing. Yeah, it, it got our juices flowing. It gave some ideas. It tended to go back to the same type of concept. Every, even if you're like, no, I don't like it, it kept kind of bringing you back to yeah. like technically speaking yeah it had a few defaults that it would always show up in the results i also liked some because i tried to play with chat gpt a little bit and get them to be a little more like comic marvel superhero inspired and just kind of how can we incorporate that into the name without being techie geek the podcast you know like i wanted it to be a little line of separation like the guys downstairs um and i liked something like Guardians of the Cyber Galaxy was one that came to my mind, but I think that's still a copyright issue, you know, if we were to use that, because it's still Guardians of the Galaxy is in the title. We're just adding the word cyber, so it's probably an issue, like, you yeah. know. We try not to poke the bear too yeah. much. No. You know, we, uh, and, and look. We, we love it. Uh, we encourage it, but we don't want to. Right. I'm not here to poke the bear. Yeah. <laughs> we're um, your friends. We're your allies. We promise. There is a life-size Spider-Man right behind Christina. He buys into the product. Let me tell you that. But, uh, you know, and, and so coming up with a name was tough and then kind of putting up with a format. And then with a podcast, it's more than just the local, right? We're yeah. not here just yeah. to... Staten Island, New Jersey. That was the idea with this one, especially. The whole point of the podcast is anything we could talk about can be United States, bigger picture, Mm -hmm. right? Get a bigger following. Yeah. And it's indirectly, it's still utilized for SEO and brand building because we're building the brand. Mm -hmm. And with managed IT, we are able to do IT nationwide, international. We have clients that are not New York, New Jersey based. Um, So it's, but again, it's also to build a following and build awareness. So it does change it, right? That's why we're not only talking 
Staten Island and New York news and we're mm-hmm. talking regional and we wanted it to be something entertaining, right? That was yeah. the that was the conversation. Entertaining we and informative, really, and just kind of show people what's going on in the cybersecurity world that they may not be hearing about because a lot of the times you are only hearing about the top reputable names that you are easily identifiable when you hear, but that doesn't mean that there's not stuff going on that you don't know about and you should. Right. And the big thing with that is a lot of small businesses think it's not going to happen to them. Yeah. The truth of the matter is it's just they're too small to make the news. Yeah. So exactly. what, part of with this is we, we scour a lot of websites that, you know, rather than the mainstream media, um, have cybersecurity news and such that really doesn't hit the main wire. But we're able to talk about some of those types of breaches as well and go through and something that you didn't know about and, hey, let's talk about it. How did they get affected? How could they have maybe properly protected themselves? Um, Because the one thing we will tell you on this podcast is if there is no way to guarantee you will not be hacked. No IT provider, no security professional, no one can tell you they will make you invincible. Mm -hmm. If it was that easy, trust me, someone would be super rich and (laughs) everyone would be using them. And unfortunately, that isn't the case and you can't do that. So it's understanding, was a business breached because they were just negligent and didn't think it was going to happen to them and Mm -hmm. just didn't bother to put IT in place? didn't bother to put a security solution in place and put, you know, a budget around IT? Or were they hit because they have a budget around IT? However, they were still hit because just the hackers were back at that moment. Or found an exploit, zero-day exploits, and and everything else that comes with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's part of what we also want to discuss. I know you had some stats you brought with you. I brought some stats, but they were for high-profile things that happened in 2023 alone, just since the year started. Let's talk. Um, So, yeah, I have a little running list. I'm sure that this is going to continue to grow. So we will have a touch point at the end of the year, and we will do a compilation of all of these data breaches that are happening to companies that we know and love. Um, Let's start off with number one was Chick-fil-A. This month, March 2023, Chick-fil-A's mobile app suffered a data breach leading to exposure of customers' personal information. The breach, which was detected due to unusual login activity, was caused by a cyber attack that exploited third-party email addresses and passwords. The attacker was able to access data such as memberships, numbers, names, emails, and, and addresses. Would you get hacked? No, I'm actually... Are you checking your Chick-fil-A I was Chick-fil-A looking app? to see if I was signed <laughs> into the Chick-fil-A app. Yeah. I'm not, but I do actually have I the Chick-fil-A app. I didn't even hear app. about this one on the news either. So, yeah, while the breach affected less than 2% of customer data, Chick-fil-A is taking swift action to prevent future attacks. The company has announced plans to increase online security measures and monitoring and will also provide reimbursement to the affected accounts. So that's number one on the list. So. So, so the whole thing like we're seeing here, so that was March. When was that breach? Did it say when the breach actually occurred? It just says early 2020, early 2023. It's this so month. It's, right. So it's this month. Well, it doesn't March. like the breach might have actually occurred January and they just found So I it. think it was actually this month that it happened. It actually had yeah. found. So the whole thing is, and we spoke about this on the lab, last podcast, is being transparent, right? Yes. The whole key is... The business needs to be transparent, come out. All right, so less than 2% were affected. So the the thing that we want to watch with this one is, does it stay like that? Does that number grow? Does that number grow, right? Does it become last pass, number two? Like, obviously, last pass first. Your Chick-fil-A app, two completely different things. One is storing all your passwords. Yeah. But last pass, the transparency and everything, the story changed every step of the way. It wasn't a good look. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this 2% turned to 10%. Okay, not the end of the world. Or will this 2% turn to, hey, by the way, they got every user, every credit card number you had on file, like, and, th- and that's the thing to watch. And yeah. that's what we keep talking about is transparency for these businesses is come out and be honest. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Let yeah. people know because you know what? If it, if it does affect all the users and potentially they do have cards, get on, be proactive. Get to your bank. Let them know, hey, totally. I have my uh, Amex on file with Chick-fil-A because I love those chicken sandwiches, which I do. Um, not sponsored by Chick-fil-A either. But, um, <laughs> you know, but be able to go yeah. and proactively get that before it affects you. So Chick-fil-A, yeah. March 2023. We have Chick-fil-A. We have number two, Activision, February 2023. Um, they are the video game publisher. They make Call of Duty 
Um, so they announced that they had fallen victim to a data breach back in December. So the hacker used a clever, basically text message phishing attack to target an HR employee and gain access to uh, sensitive company data, including email addresses, phone numbers, salaries, work locations, things like that. So while Activision claims to have taken swift action in the response to the attack, a security research group revealed that the hacker had also obtained the game's company, the company's 2023 gaming release. Um, so in addition to the sensitive employee data, so the breach affected less than 1% of employees, but under California law, if the data of 500 or more employees is compromised, then the company must disclose that. Um, and failure to alert those employees of the breach could lead to tons of legal actions and fines and things like that. So they could be in deep crap. <laughs> Activision. So, uh, yeah, they may call a duty, right? Yes. And here it was, was a phishing attempt hacking HR employee, Got which it. was how they were able to get it. And this, uh, you know, how do we talk about this? I'm going to make the assumption Activision probably does have an annual security training. I would like to think so. I would like to also hope that they probably are phishing their employees on a regular basis to micro train them. Again, I'm making an assumption. You would Im imagine. I would imagine a company of that statue would. Yeah. Um, but all it once again, it just proves that all it takes is one employee in, in, in a company to not follow the training or have you know make a mistake. Just trust. Tr have trust in an email. <laughs> trust anyone. Trust anyone. Really? And here we are in Activision. Now, at the current level where we are in 2023, there is no federal regulations around cybersecurity. However, yet, yet, and that's one of the things on on the, on the pipeline. But New York has the NY Shield Act, and California—I don't remember what theirs is called—but they, mm -hmm. you know, very similar process, right? They're following the GDPR model. They came out as more hacks were occurring. So that's why they have to disclose it because there are state laws in California. Currently, there are no federal regulations other than if you're like HIPAA, mm -hmm. uh, FTC, which is the Federal Trade Communications, is on financial companies. There is absolutely regulation going into effect June of 2023, which we will do a full podcast simply on that um, because that is a major regulation that affects everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the why they have to go. Now, let's talk about – let's segue – quickly from that fish into what's going on in the news today or the past couple of days is the Silicon Valley Bank oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the Signature Bank. Yeah. And the reason I bring that up now, because we're talking about phishing, is with mm -hmm. the two banks closing, you know, we are not going to talk why the banks closed. We're not a financial podcast. But what I will tell you is with the two banks closing, this is a hacker's dream in the sense of phishing. Why? We all know 90% of attacks come through the email yeah. layer. Most of them come through fishes, just mm -hmm. like the one that Activision. And we've all heard about the hackers coming and they, they, they let you know. They'll kind of watch your email or they'll send you, hey, change your plans. Your Best Buy renewal is a, now make a payment here and use this AC, a wire transfer or this ACH account mm -hmm. to go ahead and make the deposit you are going to see a ton of phishing related to both Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank because some of it is not going to be phishing. It's legitimate, right? You're going to have companies that were utilizing them. Uh, one of the clients we utilize, one of our software vendors, uh, Drift, mm. which is our chat. Mm. Do we use Drift anymore? We don't, but they emailed me. We currently we use Intercom now. But Drift what is a, a, soft, a big software startup company that does uh, chat AI on websites, and they emailed me, please notice, as of all billing, no longer send to the account our Silicon Valley bank, mm. and they gave us a new Chase account number where all accounts wow. should, should be made. That's legitimate. Hackers are going to take the advantage of this and be able to start trying to fish people. Hey, change your plans. Wire the money here. Wire. So the, the thing you need to do is tell your accounts receivable is A, to make sure accounts payable is uh, making sure that that email is coming from a legitimate source. 
Double and triple check. Double and triple check. Call them up. Hey, yep. just received an email. Just want to make sure, is this truly the bank you want us to do? Because if you go and make a, a wire transfer and, and, and release the money where it shouldn't be, it's just you're like not handing, getting that you're back. not getting it back. Yeah. You know, you could go to cyber insurance and try to get that back, but it's typically very hard. Um, so it's just better to be smart and, and take the extra time, pick up the phone, Ask them, hey, is this legit? And be and, and notify and let your employees know that this is going to happen. There is going to be an increase awareness in is awareness. There is going to be phishing based on the facts that Signature and SVB is gone. And we should probably as well throw on our Facebook and yeah. LinkedIn and do a quick cut this up and put this up on Facebook as well mm -hmm. to make people aware. Um yeah. So that Important. was a good segue. So now let's jump yeah. back to number three. All right. This is uh, three and four are related. And four, I, after doing this, realized I was probably affected by. Um, it makes sense. So number three is T-Mobile in January 2023. T-Mobile, uh, so they announced that they had discovered a data breach that occurred back in November of the previous year. During the breach, a malicious actor was able to gain access to T-Mobile systems and steal personal information such as names, emails, birthdays from more than 37 million customers. Thankfully, T-Mobile was able to quickly identify the breach and contain the source within a day. However, the incident is not without consequences. T-Mobile may now face significant expenses as a result of the breach on top of the $350 million that they agreed to pay customers in a, in a settlement related to a previous data breach in August of 2021. <laughs> so these breaches have not only resulted in financial losses for T-Mobile, but have also damaged the trust that customers have in the company to protect their personal information. And the reason why that is related to number four is Google Fi, who I am a member of, oh. is my phone provider, uh, was involved in February 2023. So as a result of the T-Mobile data breach, Google Fi is the most recent high-profile data breach uh, because Google Fi relies on the T-Mobile's network infrastructure for their phone services. So the breach compromised the phone numbers of its customers. While phone numbers may seem just like a minor piece of information, cyber criminals can use them for various malicious purposes, such as conducting phishing attacks. Uh, to trick users into sharing sensitive data. So as a Google user, it's essential to remain vigilant against any suspicious text messages or calls that may attempt to lure you into more revealing information. And that explains why I've been getting the strangest emails and phone calls this past two weeks. Did you know your car warranty is up? I used to get those all the time. And then I recently, like last year, put my number on the like do not call registry. Yeah. Now I've been getting literal I message text messages well, they, from rando people and like guys. They've they've changed their game. They've yeah. moved it. Yeah. They're doing romance scams on random people too, which is like weird. They'll just send out a text message, be like, "It's it was great to meet you on vacation." <laughs> I you're, wish I was on vacation, like, my friend. Who are you? You're like, "What vacation are we at? Can we redo it?" Because yeah, I don't like, remember it. I blacked out that whole week. <laughs> I guess okay. So, team <laughs> T-Mobile was thirty-seven million. Uh, we got to look up. I wonder, what was the Yahoo? Because they hold the record for the biggest breach. Yeah. How many uh, Yahoo biggest breach record count? I'm, 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 what is it? So when I look up that, if I can find it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> way, way like over. 500 million. Uh, yeah, the first time. Then 1 billion. Yeah. <laughs> so sense. not even close. Yahoo still holds the record. Um but uh, with the T-Mobile, the one thing, this what you said there proves, once again, the stat that we teach in our presentations is that on average, a business does not uh, find a breach for 120 days. Mm -hmm. It's about four months. So you said breach occurred in November and found in January. So you're talking, but they were able to do stuff in just a day. In one day, <laughs> right? And that's, after four months of exposure happened. Well, you, you figured it was probably depending on when in November, when in January, three to four months. So you're talking probably ninety to one hundred and twenty days, with the average being one hundred twenty days. That means a hacker sits there and lives in your environment mm -hmm. for one hundred and twenty days. Yeah, great. We fixed it in one day. But what about the 120 days when they were siphoning 37 million records exactly. away? 
So. And because they already had a breach back in August, which they have to pay $350 million in repercussions for, it's just like, where does it end, you know? Right. And this it is, doesn't. And, and, and the one thing we speak about all the time is a, a, a big business like T-Mobile, this is not going to put them out of business. No. It's not even going to come close to putting them out of business. Yeah. They have huge insurance policies that are going to probably cover most of it. If they have to pay anything, you, you, they might have a little bit of a loss here. It's not putting them out of a business. But now think of a small business. Think of a yeah. 10 to 20-person office. That's when it really matters. That had the same type of thing happen. Let's imagine a lawyer in New York, yeah. and they have a hacker in their environment, and they have 500 clients or 1,000 clients, and all of a sudden the hacker is able to get all their information, and they're a business lawyer, get all their TINs, the social security numbers, and now you're responsible. That's the difference between the big company is going to survive versus the little guy yeah. may not survive. Yeah. And that's why we always talk multi-layered and you got to do it early and it's prevention, you yeah. know. And every business owner, of course, you're going to say in the reviews and the comments, you're going to say Mike is saying this because he's a managed IT provider. Yes. But the facts are the facts. But the facts are the facts, right? You need auto insurance because when you drive your car, Bad stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. You could get in a car accident. You could crash through a fence. You need the insurance to cover that. Mm -hmm. Think of managed IT service as your insurance policy to help protect your environment. And you have to do it. We're in 2023. And, I, you know, how many times do I sit and talk to a business owner who's been doing this 30 years? And he's like, well, I didn't need this 25 years ago. That's correct. You also didn't <laughs> need an Instagram account 20 years ago. <laughs> you also didn't carry a phone around. <laughs> exactly. It's that, a whole different world. Right. It's a whole different world. And you, and you need to protect yourself. And, and it evolves and faster than most people can keep up with, which is why taking advice from someone like Mike, honestly, is a smart thing to do if you're interested in keeping your business beyond 2023 like and be able to evolve it. Because if you're not... 10 steps ahead of these technologies and, and what these hackers are planning on doing, you're already behind, you know? It's not, we're not living in a day and age where you can wait too long and have systems that are three years prior, you know? It, you got to keep up. And not only that, if uh, I did do this one day as a test, I went on ChatGPT, because we all trust ChatGPT, mm. and I, I said to him, I'm, I'm a business owner, I have 20 employees, um, I don't, you know, what should I do for oh, yeah, IT yeah, yeah. and protecting my business? And it actually recommended reaching out to a managed service provider. I was like, bingo. I was like, I like ChatGPT. You didn't train it to do that <laughs> I either. I didn't train it to do that either. I was like, I was like, that is the best. ChatGPT, yeah. you are smart. Um, yeah. But it is. It's, it's working with businesses and working. We're here to protect you. And yes, there's going to be a cost to protecting your business. There's a much bigger cost to not protecting your business. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. You know, some people like risk and they like to say, well, not protecting your business is a risk. But some people and business owners don't mind that risk. And that's, I, I don't understand it because they think, well, if they nothing like happens, if nothing happens, I'm OK. Well, guess what? When you, something does happen, that's not good, especially when you could calculate how much that risk is yeah. based on how much social security numbers they have on um, with their uh, policies are in place, what they currently are doing, um, and you could figure out their gross their gross receipts, how many employees. You can actually calculate. There's algorithms to calculate your risk. And I, I've shown yeah. people your risk is $1.5 million in one data breach, and, you know, well, I don't want to spend $3,000 a month for IT. And that's uh, the problem, too, I think, is, like, there really is no upside to just not doing it. Like, you're not – there's nothing to gain – from not protecting your business. There's only stuff to lose. You're only going to lose your data. You're only going to lose your entire business. But what do you have to gain? Like A couple of thousand bucks. Is that really? It's not a gain, though. It's just that's not going anywhere. Right. You're not making more money. Right. You're just not investing wisely in your business future. Like, it's only a loss loss, really. It, 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 it truly is. And <laughs> when you think about it. You know, IT is an investment in your business. It's not. We are not an expense. It's We're not an a cost. It's an investment. We're yeah. also helping to make. You're more productive, your employees yeah. more productive because it's more than just cybersecurity. It really is, but but that's why that's why we do what we do, and we brand ourselves, and and we focus very heavily on branding because me and you sit here, and we know that every business owner watching this needs us. Yeah, 
you listening to this might sit there and say, I don't need you. You're going to one day have that epiphany. And that's what remember this. Remember moment. this moment. <laughs> and when you and ha- don't come crying <laughs> to us later, we warned you early. <laughs> and when you have that epiphany, that's why we do a ton of branding. Yeah. Because it's for you to remember Techie Geek. I want the digital defenders, the IT superhero, <laughs> the cybersecurity. But, um, you know, and, and it's truly the case. So do we have any other stacks? Was that it? Just a four? No, I have, I think, two more. All right, let's and go. And I also have some other things. Um, so number five, we have MailChimp, January 2023. MailChimp, I think we probably all know who MailChimp is. They are an email marketing platform. They recently disclosed a data breach that caused a social engineering attack, caused by a social engineering attack that allowed unauthorized users to access an, an internal customer support tool. So the hackers obtained access to employee information and credentials, but MailChimp was able to identify and suspend the affected accounts. The company has stated that it is continuing to investigate the incident and taking measures to further protect its platform. So while this is MailChimp's first breach in 2023, they have previously experienced data breaches in April and August of 2022. The incident serves as a reminder that it is crucial to take steps to prevent future hacking attempts after a data breach occurs. And number six, we have the Norton LifeLock hack in January 2023. Norton LifeLock recently notified their customers that more than 6,000 of their accounts had been breached due to a stuffing attack in mid-January. So a stuffing attack usually involves the use of previously compromised passwords to access accounts that share that same password which also is highlighting the importance of multi-factor authentication, which you brought up earlier. The parent company of Norton LifeLock, which is Gen Digital, sent the notice to potentially affected accounts and advised customers to update their passwords and enable two-factor authentication. This incident underscores the significance of securing personal information through strong passwords and additional security measures. So, So, yeah, go on. I also use LifeLock. So is this is this just going to be the notice of Mike's bre- potential breaches I got to be aware of? Um, I did not receive an email from LifeLock, so I'm going to assume so I, was not, right, I, I was not one of the affected. And, and, 6,000, and, they said. And funny enough, I actually changed my LifeLock credentials today. Really? Yes, I because I uh, was... Uh, e-signing my taxes mm. and you when you e-sign your taxes you ver- like it makes you verify oh really like did i live on this address or, and this and i got a life lock alert like five minutes later mm. saying was this you who va- validate verified your identity oh i didn't even know it worked like that That's yeah it, it does like a whole log of different alerts so i actually had to log on it's like your password is expired i was like oh yeah so mm. i did change it mm-hmm. luckily i don't use the same password for any account of importance. That's we, good password hygiene. That's good password <laughs> hygiene. We utilize a password management tool, mm-hmm. which all businesses should be doing. My passwords are randomly long. My passwords are Yankees123. Yes, that's probably like the number, number one, one Staten pa- Island password, <laughs> I think. Password123. Uh, Yankees123. Now, I will say at one point, many, many, many years ago, my password was Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> and with some random number at the end, which, <laughs> you know, but it's before. But I was, we didn't know any better. We didn't know any you better. Know? That's correct. <laughs> um, we didn't know any better. And and you learn. And and it wasn't, the attacks weren't like this, right? The stuffing yeah. attacks. And um, a stuffing attack is exactly why, once you know you have a compromise, and what is a compromise is a password on the dark web. If that password is in use anywhere, that you still use it, you need to change it because that's exactly what they're doing. When they do a stuffing attack, it's not a person sitting there one by yeah. one. It's a computer that's ripping through and putting your username, mm-hmm. going through a directory mm-hmm. of commonly used passwords, as well as trying your passwords from the dark web. So if you ever notice that your password is on the dark web, you need to change them immediately because you want to prevent these types of attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a business owner and want us to do a dark web scan of your passwords for your business domain, um, I believe we'll throw it down in the comments, but I believe it's techiegeek.com slash dark web. I think so. And you could, we'll do a, uh, as long as you have a business domain, so obviously if your business is running on Gmail, 
which it shouldn't be. Like if you're contact us for that as well. Right. If your business name is my business name at gmail.com, that's not gonna work. Not the best thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, if if you with your business domain, if you're running real email, we're able to do a dark web scan of your whole organization um and alert you so you can also let your employees know. But that's the key is if there's anything on the dark web change it to prevent these type of stuffing attacks and ignorance is not bliss when it comes to this sort of thing guys like you need to know if your information's out there on the dark web it's better to find out from someone like us than to learn the hard way when your systems get shut down (laughs) or you're totally locked out of important websites you know so it's don't just pretend like i'll ignore it and it'll go away type of thing because it won't it's only going to get deeper and worse so they're only getting smarter and smarter yeah um so yeah Making sure password hygiene is another tip that we're always doing. Multi-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. I love people that tell you, oh, it's too much work. Honestly, it can <laughs> be annoying, but it's worth it. It's it, like a necessary evil in well, today's day and age when you're doing business online. Like you really just got to weigh your options. Like <laughs> it's the two it, seconds is not going right. to take and, away and from your life. Thing, that's the thing. Yes. Can it be annoying? Yes. But it adds two seconds. Like, and, yeah. And for what it protects you and how it does. Exactly. It's worth it. it it's so worth it. I utilize MFA on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Non-important stuff even, you know. Yes. If it's a random website that you have no bank account info, no credit card, it's just like you have a profile there to mm-hmm. save things. It's different, right? I'm yeah. not talking save files, but silly stuff like on the Pinterest website. Account. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you don't care about yeah. it. But otherwise, yeah. banks... Every, you know, account, email accounts, anything where your credit cards are stored, everything needs to be 2FA mm-hmm. protected. Yeah. It really does. Good password hygiene, multi-factor yeah. authentication helps to build this multi-layer approach that we teach about. Okay, so what else did you have for us? Well, that's it for the list, but I just have basically a little something to think about so why does it seem like so many of these companies experience cyber attacks repeatedly um so i have a quick overview of three common reasons maybe at the end you can give some reasons why this also happens to businesses more than one time okay uh, because it's you know something that you do have to take into consideration so the first reason is old vulnerabilities so it's not uncommon for a hacker to leave basically a secret window that they can use to access a company systems again after a successful first attempt so failing to patch these vulnerabilities can lead to a second attack i have human error which is employees using weak passwords again which may expose a company systems to subsequent attacks other common human errors include employees clicking on malicious links using phishing sites Unless you perform follow-up security trainings following an initial breach, employees can repeat these previous mistakes that leave your business vulnerable. And I also have malware. So hackers use malicious software such as viruses, ransomware, Trojan, spyware, adware, et cetera, to steal confidential information from an organization's network system. If a company fails to step up monitoring protocols after its first breach, there is nothing to stop repeat attacks from occurring. So... A, how many more terms are you going to throw in malware? Right. <laughs> Trojan spyware, malware. <laughs> spyware. Make a rap out of it. <laughs> Cryptoware. Um, hey, ransomware. So, yeah. The stack, I think, that we have in our presentations when we do, I think is 25%. One in four businesses after a attack do not do anything. Like, literally, we'll have a ransomware attack, mm-hmm. pay the ransom, or lose their files, and just be like, Okay, we'll move on. We'll move on. This won't happen. Unfortunately, it's not like lightning where, like, right, what they say, if you get hit by lightning, the odds you're going to get hit by lightning, it doesn't strike twice. twice, Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Once you pay a ransom or you get hit with ransomware, you go on a database of hackers that say you, especially if you paid, you are now the most vulnerable. You're a sucker. (laughs) They're like, this guy's the best. Let's just keep going after him. Makes Um, sense. So, yeah, the biggest thing is, you know, how could one in four just not do anything? Yeah. Right? So you got one in four that don't do anything. Once you pay that ransom or you get hit with an attack, you go into a database because you're vulnerable. Um, so that, and, and human error is, that's one thing that we're never going to get rid of other than you train. Yeah. Again, no matter all the training you do, there still could be an employee that could do something that they're not supposed to. That's why it's just continuous training, building awareness, 
and with with IT and everything you're doing is you're taking risk and minimizing the risk, mm -hmm. right? You're taking these huge gaping holes and trying to make it the tiny little hole. Can a rat climb underneath that door and squeeze through? Yeah, but the big coyote ain't gonna get through. So mm -hmm. you, you, you gotta you gotta minimize risk, and that's what the whole goal of all these are. And it's also having proper backup systems in place if and when something does happen. You know, if yep. your employee is a jerk and wants to steal files on his way out or something, you need to know that you're going to be able to get that back <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> uh, like business continuity yeah. and is, is key. To, you know, a, a good business continuity plan is the prevention of downtime, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that, yes, if you were hit with ransomware or in a, a malicious employee or... Where do all these files gonna, go? Right. What am I going to do? You know, like you got to... And also organing of that, yeah. right? We recently had an employee that we alerted that, hey, you had an employee that uh, deleting massive oh, really? amounts of files. Wow. Um, yeah, that's yeah. something to be right. conscious of. Exactly. And, you know, we FYI. So now for that client, we actually put it because they were concerned. We actually built a policy that when more than 25 uh, files get deleted within five minutes, it actually locks the user account. So basically, in real time, we respond to that and then put up an alert and emails and text them so the owner could then say, no, that's okay, or mm. go ahead. And wow. because in the end, it ended up being a true malicious employee wow. who was on the See? way out. Called him right out. Yeah, right. And yeah, you, that's the whole thing I love when. If we're helping that's protect fun, the though. business, that's like, right? Yeah. Do you really think we're not going to <laughs> right. find that? Right. <laughs> yeah. And give. Oh, and by the way, here's the backups. Like literally with the alert, and oh, here's all the files back. They've been <laughs> restored right back. Um, that's weird. But it happens. So malicious yeah. employees, but even a, a mistake, right? Yeah. The user clicks on you know a network folder and hits the delete key and doesn't realize they just deleted the whole share. Mm. Now. Hopefully your permissions are proper. That that can't any employee can't do that. But uh, we do a number of assessments that I see, and I go, okay, yeah. Uh, you know the biggest mistake I see in tons of network shares, especially uh, through assessments we do, is they give full control to everyone. Mm -hmm. They don't know now, any better, really. But when I say everyone in Windows Server, everyone is actually a term you could put. Other IT providers. I'm guessing they use that thinking that means everyone in the organization. Everyone actually means everyone, including anonymous users. So basically means that if, <laughs> if I come on your network and I join your Wi-Fi, you've, you know, we're in a conference and you've shared your Wi-Fi credentials with me and I do a network scan. You just get right in. And I get right in and they give everyone, I get to lead, download and... I can't tell you how many assessments we do, and I see the how everyone. How is that flag. allowed in to happen in Windows to begin with? Because how is that? Not, is that a failsafe? Is that the word? No, because they're back in the day. There were. When would you need that? So you if, know, like when do you need that? If uh, you really sh so QuickBooks actually requires the QuickBooks share to be shared to everyone. That's one, but the QuickBooks files themselves are then all password protected. Okay. But other network shares. You really should never have everyone except like a school. Like imagine a school has a place where they want to put uh, students to be able to access and download documents. But they have rules in place that you can't delete. So you could view and download, but you can't delete. Rather than them have to authenticate every computer and user into that folder, that's where everyone comes in. A website, typically, if you are running a website off of Windows server you would make it that everyone could view the website right so you don't have to know their website in a network share on their server for the files never a reason yeah but it's lazy it or it providers that unfortunately don't know what they're doing mm -hmm. um and that is the one thing we speak about is there's no regulation right i'm not wearing a technique we're a mag service provider we have 12 plus employees there's no paper on our door that says we're an IT provider. We've I started the business 10 years ago. I've hired people. We're an IT provider. When you go to become a doctor, you have to go and get a license and be mm -hmm. certified. In the IT realm, there's none of that currently. Um, so how do you know if the person you've hired actually knows what they're doing? So then we come and do the assessment, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. 
and I've seen it over and over and just recently in a number of assessments we've done and two of them found the everyone that's <laughs> and like you're probably gonna laugh even harder when you see it now moving <laughs> oh and see it and see on like and then you talk to the the uh, not owner. laugh just hard oh like. it's like and then like talk to the owner and they're like well this is my personal bucket no one else is supposed to have access i'm like well surprise. everyone does <laughs> surprise well one of my favorite was i saw that they had they so they set it up for domain users domain users is the correct way to say that anyone on the domain could access the files. But the way I saw it was, uh, if I remember correctly, they excluded domain users as a block, but allowed everyone. So the people who worked there couldn't get to the file folder, but the random Joe who's on the network could get to the folder. Like, even nice. better. Great job. Even better. You, you, <laughs> um, yeah, we see those types of things all the time. Yeah. So... We'll we'll leave that for another episode. I think we've been recording for almost an hour. So, does that say an hour? Fifty-seven, yeah. Yeah, but we started a little early. But I think now's a good time to end it. So I All thank right. you, Christina, for being on the podcast today. Ooh, yeah. Yay! We'll <laughs> see her next time behind the uh, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get another camera. And we could have the producer camera, and every once in a while throw you up. All right. You're like, all right, spend some more money, buy another <laughs> camera. Um, I'm just going to set my iPhone up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is We Are Techie Geek, and this is the Digital Defenders Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Please smash the like button, <laughs> the subscribe button. Smash that like smash button. Smash that like button. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Make it go from red to gray. That is something that Finn said on the Audranger and Fink show. He's, and oh, I, he is so good. I was laughing because he's like... Make it go from red to gray. I'm he's like, just a sound clip we're going to use from now on in the end of the podcast. Uh, and I was like, is he? I'm like, I think he's right. And then I he looked right. and I was like, he's, <laughs> he's right. Not, I'm thinking about it in my head right now. Like, I was like, yeah, he's right. He's happened. 100% new. <laughs> it goes from red to gray. So turn that subscribe to gray, no, people. The next generation is going to be wild. <laughs> way better than us. They might as well just attach the camera now and walk we'll around. We'll have flying cars within 20 years. That'd be cool. I'm down for that. Traffic's way bad. <laughs> but All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye.